everyone right now. This is not a political podcast. We are just media and we're talking about what's happening now. We're not, you know, no Democratic, no Republican. It's none of the above. We're neutral. We're just trying to give you guys some information of what's happening in the world around us. And um, stay tuned in. So, Bob, first thing is um, you said that there was not going to be um, an election. They'll be continuing to count ballots. You said that before the election. My question to you is, why did you believe that? And now, if that is happening, because it is happening, um, what's the next step? Okay, so um, we predicted confusion, uh, threats and counter threats, even before the the election day. So um, a lot of uh, mystery problems happened. Uh, Within a day or so, people saw the count wasn't right. So that's... Well, what I meant when I said the election will not be decided right away. Mm-hmm. Um, Trump would say that if they had been fair late after late evening, 10.30, 2.30 his time or something, uh, he would have won. Mm-hmm. But they stopped counting and started playing games. Mm-hmm. And that's still um, you know, unresolved. So what's going to happen? It looks like Trump will be declared winner eventually. Why do or, you say that? Uh, because he won the the the, uh, the cheating that went on by the Democrats was uh, very bad, and uh, there there are people even puzzled today. How can Biden get more votes than Obama? He said that there's no way can you be more popular than Obama in terms of uh, vote total. So they think that means there was a lot of extra votes added. So assuming I assumed it was not going to be completed, and when if they declare Trump wins. Uh, there'll be a problem from the the uh, anti-Trumpers, and if they declare Biden a winner, uh, there'll be problems coming from the Trumpers. So uh, we're going to basically get some kind of weird civil war. That's the next phase. It's going to get bad, but but in some ways, it's just going to be grannies who got guns are going to go out and say, "Are you for Trump?" And uh, and somebody says, uh, "No, I'm for Biden." gone Mm -hmm. like one-on-one civil war my question my question to you is why grannies and i'm saying it with Uh, a straight face because you predicted stuff before i'm not even like you say grannies i don't even you know you know i don't stutter but you know why grannies why do you think that is they will not tolerate raised taxes that's the main point and they don't want to upset their county and have to go back to Ireland and other places and, and have better tax deals. They're not tall. They can't take the disruption. That's the only issue. Mm-hmm. And if he starts raising taxes, they'll fight over it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that's the, and so, so the grannies are going to fight over the taxes and that's going to be one thing. Okay. So what if, like you said, what if we don't know who's going to win? What if Biden wins? What, what's going, what do you think would be the, you know, the after effect of that, because, you know, there's both sides and I'm sure we don't know what's going down. But what will be the after effects of Biden was, you know, the president in your head or your thoughts? Uh, it'd be a disaster um, in many ways. Uh, I can't see Biden being president. So he'll have to be removed pretty quickly. And uh, Kamala Harris doesn't seem that competent. Uh, but nobody can be competent in this situation. So right now, according to my sources today, uh, you have the pro-Trumpers are meeting in Washington tomorrow to have a 
a rally or some kind of thing, maybe even a prayer thing. And uh, my sources say big trouble looming this weekend because there's going to be resistance to the mega rally. So that's uh, and so in a way, the civil war has started and mm. be going starting tomorrow. And that's the, the worst worst scenario right now. OK. And my, my question to you is this this civil war um, or whatever is set that you say we may be going down this week or tomorrow. Is this going to be pro Trumpers? In Washington. In Washington. Big rally. Big rally. Yeah. And this is and is this news right now that, you know, if you look on social media, you would see that, you know, there's going to be a rally in, you know, D.C. tomorrow. Or is this something that there's a, you have a little bit of insider information of what's going down? Yeah, I have uh, information from the intelligence world, uh, what they think and their concern. They think there's uh, maybe a problem even with uh, a continuity of government. So. It's going to get, you know, more violent than most people. People who are not informed, it's just a, another basketball game or something. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to be surprised at how the game doesn't end and everybody's fighting over the results of the game. Got it. Uh, but those that are informed, they know and they've taken their sides and they're setting up their their uh, war positions and uh, ready to go. And now the long run, this chaos, this indecisiveness will go for about four months, 120 days. We're not going to get out of this phase till March. And if there's a constitutional convention by that time, that'll change everything completely. Uh, there will be a constitutional convention at some point, uh, but the question is whether it'll be in the next four months. So people look at when when that constitution has changed a lot of things. I don't know the whole range. Of not to cut be. you off. Explain to, to explain what there will be a constitutional convention what does that mean? Can you define what exactly? Can you break that down? Uh, let's build it up. I don't like this idea of breaking it down. Okay, let's build it up. Let's I love build that. build it up. All right, cool. Yeah. Can you build that up, Bob? Yeah, so build up the coherent picture. Uh, it's very rare, uh, but they will question everything about the original Constitution mm. from the 1780s. And they will uh, propose things like um, maybe get rid of income tax. Maybe not allow women to vote anymore. Put them back in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Who knows what factions will be there yeah. to make their agenda. Yeah. But it, but what will come from that? Some kind of new structure, and uh, uh, Trump will be the victor of that. He'll have a position much like the viceroy in the old British Empire. And he's going to have a new. He's going to be above the president. Above the president. So you're saying there may potentially still be a president at some capacity, but there will also be a viceroy or above them. Above them. Okay. Yeah. So that's how are citizens going to take that? I don't know what, how they're going to respond to this. Some people say this is a coup. They changed America. We lost our constitution. This is bad. Other people know that we need some kind of changes due to the new technologies and that, and they'd be, uh, they'd accept it. So, yeah, but so, I mean, if you think about the Constitution that was written, like you say, maybe written back in the 1700s or whenever it was written, I mean, you would think... In the 1780s. Okay, in the 1780s. I mean, any any current individual human creator, as time passed with technology, you know, with new technology, you know, different, you know, different things happen, different things change. So we've evolved so much as humans, as creators... And you fast forward to now, you would think that it would be some time to even 
you know, maybe look and say, you know, what, we might need to switch things up a little. And it seems like right now with everything happening in our world, like it's a lot of shit getting switched up and sh- shaken up. So that does not sound too left field. But the question is, where are they going to shake up? Like, you know, you just can't be flipping shit upside down and people are like, yo, what, like, what, what, what's in the, what's in here now? Like, what is that? So you think the shaking up of the constitution, the convention, the constitution, the constitute, damn, I can't even get it out. That's a, you know, you know, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm kind of book illiterate. So constitution, you know, you know, you know, you know, hey, look, hey, Bob, you Bob, hey, look, we communicate in my ASP. We don't need, we don't need, we don't need book smarts anymore. I don't need to be, I don't need to be literate. So the constitution, if we switch that shit up, people are, is going to be an after effect of that. Is it like, is this another, is this another different type of war that we're looking at? Like explain that. Here's the bigger bracket, sir. Obama was the last president. Trump, consciously or unconsciously, wasn't going to be your your normal president. And of course, most people say he wasn't a president; he was something else. Uh, he was using he was running the show through Twitter, yeah. supposedly. And so, we it was open to changes because historically, Obama was the last president. So, where is it going? Since these changes are happening all over the little global membrane we live in, which is very tiny. We're in the global membrane. It's not a global village or a global theater. It's Explain global the global membrane. What is the global membrane? Uh, the whole, all of the people that have digital technology are in the same spot. Got it. That spot has no dimension. Mm. You can't say, I, where are we right now? A... I see your image, uh, but I'm somewhere in the circuitry. Yeah. And mm. you can't say in normal 3D terms where that is. So everybody's in that circuitry. You could have... Three billion people watching us right now. Yeah. Right? If the word got out or something. And so where are we? We are in their presence and they are in our presence. So it's that's the way we live now. Yeah. So in that sense, we don't have a regular body world, physical body world. Uh, we're dominated by this experience. We're probably even uh, getting ecstasy from it. It's like a drug to be in this free zone or resonating zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now here's on the other end, where's the world going? After the dust settles in a couple of years, there's only going to be 28 nation slash empires. It's over 200 now nations mm-hmm. on the planet. Most of them are going to collapse and disappear and merge up with some uh, collectivity. Yeah. And we'll end up with 28 nation, I go nation slash empires. Mm-hmm. And that's probably where Trump will be viceroy of that empire, whatever the one he's in. What's but up, Boozer? Think of that. Bob Boozer's on. Say hi to Booz. Remember Booz? We we met him in Hawaii. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, he was here. That guy's very tall. I quizzed him about what it's like to live at such a lofty height. <laughs> and he he was quiet about it. He didn't like top book. Because everybody asked him about that, right? Yeah, yeah. He's on here right now. He said, What's up? Well, we're up. We're, <laughs> we're, we're up, Booz. <laughs> Hey, Booze, you got any questions yeah, for Bob right now, Booze? Since you're on, you got any questions? I know you're going to be in and out like a crossover. He's typing right now, Mister C. Booze. Booze, yeah. you got any questions? He's blessing us, Booze. Uh oh, is that a friend or enemy? Y'all look good. Booze, <laughs> Booze, Booze lives very much on the surface of life. He doesn't. He doesn't let any of his depth. <laughs> 
show up. <laughs> yeah, he keeps he it. He keeps it phatic. Yeah, he's he keeps a, it. He's a, he's a phatic. P-H-A-T-I-C. Which so, is, he just waves people, hey, what's up? Oh, oh there we go. He asked a question. When is the COVID going to be gone? Not going to be gone. Uh, it's mutating in, uh, say, about six weeks. Got a new virus, very bad. And let's get right to the point. And when they come out with this miracle vaccine, if you can, do not take it. Time out, because time out, time out. I got to repeat that. Every, ladies and gentlemen, when I hear things, I like to say rewind. So, Bob, I, we talking about the booze acts about the COVID. Bob talks about yeah. the vaccine. Bob, tell me about this vaccine one more time. Well, because of the uh, herd immunity factors and, and other uh, antigens and antibodies that people are developing, that's fine. But the vaccine, weirdly, will not react well with the antibodies that you have and will kill you instantly. Now, this can be a panicking statement, but who's listening? Uh, uh, booze is listening. I'm telling you, booze, be really careful with the vaccine. Uh, and we don't know how much uh, the government's going to mandate it. Yeah, yeah. So you might have to fake it. Uh, it's actually on the COVID level and the new viruses are going to be stronger. They're actually going to be bacteria. It's very bad what's coming. Got it. Very bad. A so, lot of people are going to die. So, hey, Bob, and so. Okay. Now let's hope. Hey, wait, Jack. Let's hope I'm wrong. But I have to go with what the sources are saying. You know what I mean? I've got to go with uh, stuff that you guys don't have access to. 100%. Got to tell you what they're saying. Yes. Yeah. What they're saying. Got it. So, my question so, is to you, Bob. It's funny because one of my friends sent me an article today. Because he just caught the COVID, uh, I think, like, maybe two weeks ago. He's fine now. But he, he put an article out, and he sent me an article on Twitter that said people were saying they got tested four times for the COVID at the same time. And two said they had two, it came out positive, and two came out negative. So this one person got tested four times in, at the same instance, and the tests were all, like, different. So my question to you, that kind of... I'm asking you now with this vaccine that the antibodies that the body may be creating, you take this vaccine and it's going to react a different way. And it's like the COVID tester don't even know what they're detecting right now. So why nobody, do you? Yeah. Nobody knows what's going on. They don't understand what, uh, why this thing is happening or anything. They have to understand uh, that they don't know. And um, fortunately, if you take our product, simply you may be okay yeah uh, remember uh our product helped don trump survive on uh october 3rd yeah i remember you said that so we can we can and i've talked about this on my facebook page and that um i don't uh we we don't we can't make claims that our supplements which are actually called completements yep that they uh have anything to do with disease can't do that Yep. We, we have to be tested like yep. a drug. Yep. Uh, so you can't. But we can say we can say there's a lot of deficiencies uh, that people have, mineral deficiencies, and we can say our supplements, our completements, are the best for getting into your cells and uh, completing your cells so that you're you're functioning, say, with magnesium at 100. Mm -hmm. percent No other magnesium product can do that. No, nobody has the their products are tiny enough to get into cell. Ours is. Got it. It's called a Pico, P-I-C-O. We've mm -hmm. got Pico Zinc, uh, Pico Magnesium, 
which is actually called Remake, because we used to, we started off eight years ago with the product and we put RE in mm -hmm. front of every product, Remake, Remite. But um, the good news is um, I actually uh, occasionally hear they're stricter about masks here, wearing masks. Yeah. I think they ordered it. But if you, if you say you're out ener doing energetic exercise, you don't have to wear a mask. That's what, they're, swimming. that's what they're saying in Hawaii right now. Yeah, in Maui. I guess all of the, all of the islands. And, um, and I, I do uh, long-distance swimming. Uh, I'm the only guy on, the, in, on Hawaii in our area, southwest Maui, doing it. Nobody yeah. else swims long. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I'm showing myself in, in supreme physical condition. So every now and then a person will say to me, Bob, no, they don't even know me. They'll say, uh, <laughs> hey, you, where's your mask? And I say, uh, I'm on my product. They go, what do you mean? Well, my product is so good that when I exhale, I'm making this environment, this air, better for you. Mm -hmm. You should come up and hang around and let me breathe on you. <laughs> and so people, nobody has ever agreed with that. They turn around and walk away like I'm a maniac. Yeah, yeah, of course. They forget about me wearing a mask. They yeah, run. They run. But it's actually true. Yeah. It's actually true. My exhalation and anybody's on a product change the world. The world can matter. Yeah. So, and I don't care that you think this or anybody thinks this is crazy. We live it. We have scientific proof. We have lab testing of our product. And it's been shown uh, that the small level that's absorbed is a fact. And the scientists that studied it at Purdue University couldn't believe it. Yeah. So in a way, our statement is the first major scientific breakthrough of the 21st century in, call it, biology yeah. or chemistry. Our stuff has violated what people thought. The, the scientists who uh, tested it said, this is not going to happen. Dr. Dean is nuts. And then when it happened, and you can hear the, uh, you can read the results of the study. They're published, and you can uh, listen to an interview uh, that my bride did with the doctor who led the team. Yeah. So we've got backing for what we're saying. This extra thing of exhaling, uh, that's uh, that's strange for people. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but look at me, man. Look. I know. You're fucking 98 me. years old, and you look like you're 39. Like, no, yep. seriously. It, that, yeah, that's the craziest 25. part. I'm 25. All right, Bob. All right, Bob. Listen, hey. Great, Bob. <laughs> hey, Bob, so this is the crazy part, right? Um, Oh, you said those, I love those little hearts. Those hearts. <laughs> hearts you said something interesting to me that stood out in my mind. It's, it's a conversation that you and I had privately before about when people came to you and they immediately ran away because you said like a crazy ass statement right out out of your mouth. And one of those things we talked about the mega hat, the make it, make America great again, right? And we're trying to figure out like why is that such a? It's like anybody that wears that hat, you're automatically judged you're automatically looked at a certain way and trying to figure that out in your quest to figure that out. Why do you think with that name and that red hat, disregard the fact that Trump wore it, what, how is that communicating with people? Well, you go back to uh, people wearing baseball caps, which maybe started in the eighties. Yeah. Men and women wearing baseball, baseball hats. And why did they turn it and have the peak in the back? That's the catcher's position in oh, baseball, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep, the exactly. catcher puts the, the yeah. peak in the back. Yeah. Well, in the 80s, that was the supernova of one-way broadcasting. There was a lot of variety, cable TV and that, but people couldn't talk back to the media that they could 
once the internet and then social media came in. Mm-hmm. So everybody would get bombarded by a Niagara Falls of information. Everybody was in the catcher position. Mm. And see, why would anybody, I know back in the 30s and 40s and 50s, you wore a baseball cap. You were an idiot. You wouldn't wear a baseball cap. What, made, what changes people's attitudes about things so it becomes acceptable. It's, uh, acceptable. So the reason was the media environment changed. And so people knew that they were bombarded by information and couldn't react. They were, everybody was in the catcher position. Mm-hmm. All these balls were being thrown at you. Mm-hmm. And so everybody Threw the hat backwards. put on the ball cap. Mm-hmm. So that explains the cap phenomenon. Well, Bob, now, Ed- I get that, Tom. I, I, mean, I don't want to cut you off. because this is, this is why I love talking to you because we look at everything from a ton of perspectives and you have your sources. But, I mean, we talk about uh, baseball caps, but we cannot disregard the fact that People started wearing baseball caps because of sports. You start seeing these athletes and these, um, you know, these these sports figures doing these amazing things. And, you know, as a basketball player or as a baseball player, whatever, you start seeing somebody wearing a baseball cap. You got dreams to be a baseball player or whatever. I'm going to throw that baseball cap in. So I want to talk about that because there wasn't always sports around, you know, sports, baseball. You wear a baseball cap. So explain to me, me the difference in pitching and catching. No, no. Uh, Dick yeah. is crazy. <laughs> yeah, let me. Uh, interesting piece. Yes, uh, uh, Andy Warhol had his uh, pulse on the sociology of the culture, at least American culture, and then he studied Marshall McLuhan, and he came up reading Marshall McLuhan in the fifties, early sixties, with the statement, "Everybody will be famous for fifteen minutes." That's the really famous statement that Warhol said. Everybody but be famous for fifteen minutes. Known, yeah, what is not known on a mass level, what he said in the 70s. He said, he changed it. Not that you'd be famous for 15 minutes. He said, in 15 minutes, everybody will be famous. Mm. So now, what, what does that, that mean? Happen? Well, look at the Jumbotron. Look in the sports stadium. Every, the camera's scanning on people. And all, I mean, the, what's their Pamela Anderson got discovered that way in, uh, in way back there in the 80s. Mm. Uh, she was in British Columbia. Mm. You know that story? No, I and don't. The Jumbo, the, the Jumbotron focused on her, you know, pretty blonde, whatever. And the crowd went crazy cheering for her. So the camera stayed on her. And then she became famous. So, That's how it kind of broke no, her through. The, the smart Hollywood guys called her up and said, who are you? You obviously communicate, you know, videogenically. Yeah. And so they brought her to Hollywood and put her in the magazines or whatever. But it became because the Jumbotron mm. uh, made her famous. And mm. so they make people sort of temporary famous all the time. So, the, the, the media situation changed in the 70s where everybody would be famous in 15 minutes. Now, that happened with social media. Yes. Everybody's a broadcaster now. Everybody's yeah, I was about to say that. Days. Everybody right now... And, and I, I, I want to talk about this because, you know, I'm a, I'm a millennial, you know, I'm... No, don't switch. I want to finish the right. baseball point. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead, do that. So, Warhol, and Warhol also said that in the 70s, people dropped the artist as a public uh, archetype or a public figure of renown or uh, worship in the 50s, and they moved to sports. Got it. The, rewind, rewind. 70s. That was a good one. You said artists used to be the Warhols. They used to be the the leaders or the people that people looked up to. So then in the 60s and 70s, they kind of fell, and the athletes of sports became the figures that people were following. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Got it. Okay. Now, what, now why did that happen? Because America is a kinetic culture, movement. Uh, with cars and dances and uh, industrial mobility and uh, way more industrialized, you know, back in the 20s and 30s and other parts of the world. And that's an extension of our kinetic muscles. 
So why are Americans uh, have so many dances? Other cultures don't produce dances like we do, especially when after World War II with the pop and rock and roll, man, the, the, the dances change because Americans communicate by body movement more mm-hmm. than other cultures. Um, so the kinetic bias of Americans, the kinetic preference, made them become in the 70s as the global theater eroded everybody's local identity, everybody became a fundamentalist and retrieved their cultural bias and put it up as in the global showbiz, the iconography said, this is what we are. Mm-hmm. So sport is kinetic. So Americans realize their basic um, general structure, we call means, is based on kinetic bias and therefore athletes and dancing. So we continue to rule in music, but also the sports figure became more important than a guy who makes a painting or a musical composition in classical opera and stuff like that. That was puny compared to this new statement of who we really are, which was this kinetic so, bias. Well, and that's what athletes took over. But let's talk about this, because at, at one point, African-American athletes couldn't even play the sport. And, you know, when, right. you, when you watch sports now, it's nothing against... African Americans and other uh, races, but you know, African Americans are usually you know we're better dancers. I mean, it's, these are proven facts. There is no race thing here, but like better athletes. So when we were allowed to play, I would say that it also helped the the visual bias or what people think about what sports was. I mean, you start seeing motherfuckers jumping and dunking, you like I got to check this out. So tell me how. Was it something that happened that made people say, you know what, we got to let these people play? I mean, I know there's Martin Luther, there's all these things, but is there anything in your mind that you would say that made that switch? Because like you said, you know, African-American culture, we have the dances, we have the, the athleticism. Like, where does that come from? Uh, it came from television. Television is a very tactile medium, involves all the senses in an interplay. It's not a flat space like a book or a flat photographic space like a movie. There is kinesis in movies, but not like television. The, the television was the beginning of the of the membrane. Mm. People were living in one electric live spot, they had a lot of live TV in the 50s, and were sharing the same spot. Now, that's a tactile, interactive experience. The black culture is naturally tactile because they came out of Africa. And even though they got industrialized, they still had that basic um, tactile qualities. And they, they didn't have the numbing effect of literacy that, that was happening in Europe for 300 years. You mm-hmm. need to be numbed by literacy for a long time for the culture to become that. So most of the world is not literate uh, the way Americans and, and Europeans are. They're uh, acoustic or tactile or kinetic. Like we know the, the rumors are in Africa, the Kenyans, they run for miles naturally. Yeah. They just ran a lot, these tribes. Yeah. So they're the great marathon runners. So. You know, the, the uh, Africans come over here and they bring this kinetic bias. And uh, so when black, when color TV comes in as tactile, it's also going to emphasize the kinetic factor. Time out, Bob, Bob, Bob. I actually want to call time out right now because I know some people may not know what, what tactile and kinetic is. Can you give a definition for tactile and kinetic and get right back into your conversation? Okay, tactile is not just kinetic pressure or contact it's the letting go retouch letting go got it got it got it Drumming. So it has to go okay and then kinetic is, is rhythmic rhythmic and resonant got it and and so um 
if you know if you're in a small tribe and you're speaking interacting with your other tribe members like we these stereotypical images we have of, of Africa and tribal places you're interacting you have a tactile interplay talk, like talk, lead, back, talk, talk lead, mm. all day long in the village yeah you know yeah uh, when you're not running off and isolating by yourself and reading silently in a corner and, and so that's tactility the kinetic is the touch part, the contact part. And that's where you, you press your feet down and leap, press your feet down and run. Mm -hmm. So there's a quite an interesting interplay between a, uh, tactility and kinetic. Now add to that mechanical inventions like cars, and then add to that electrical aspect of the electric motor, radio and telephone. That is another aspect of tactility because when you get on the phone, here are these people 100 years ago that just read just or read wrote letters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and wrote letters. All of a sudden, they're on the phone talking, interacting verbally. That opened up a new sensibility and probably made jazz a popular uh, music because it was more resonant than the literate based classical music, mm -hmm. the orchestra, the sympathy. Got and it. so pe people were living in the radio effect, electric medium. So they were getting. Uh, massage, their sensory makeup was getting massaged in a different way. Why and does Dickie why, Dobbs say bumpers is the best example? Your brother said bumpers is the best example. Why would he say that? No I don't clue. know what bumpers, Dick likes to interfere. I don't know what bumpers All right. is. Uh, <laughs> define your terms, Dick. Define I think your terms. Any, okay, interact, yet protect. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, okay Dickie, I see you. I see you, Dick. Okay, okay, I guess that's a good point. I like that. He's trying to get along. He's pretty smart. You know? That guy, okay. I ain't gonna lie, your brother's smart as fuck. Okay, but he, let's let's keep going. Okay. Smart as fuck? Fucking smart? He said. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the car. Okay, bumping. Um, oh, yeah, like the, oh, okay. I think it's the circus. Uh, it's a fair where kids bang their cars against each other. The bumper cars. Uh, that's a kinetic art, a kinetic sport. But anyways, the um, the kinetic when TV came in, that's a totally alien technology for the American background, the American literate republic, two or three hundred years. Okay, um, when it moved to color TV, as we talked in our last show, and this is a a rule of media, uh, the uh, white face doesn't look very charismatic on the color effect of color TV. But as I said a couple of weeks ago, you bring in the Supremes and uh, black singers and there are amazing uh, non-sheer score, non-white and dark shading, this sort of like porcelain look of their faces. Yeah. They're like symmetrical. Yeah, I look better that than you right there. now, Bob. I look better than you right now. Look at that. You look you usually look pretty good, but I, I think I got you today, Bob. I got my hair done. I might got you today, Bob. I don't know. Your teeth are looking exactly. better than mine. Your teeth look better. I than mine. will talk. I will. I will catch up by my talking. I'm going to massage myself through talking into a uh, porcelain position. Okay. Uh, the uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, so the blacks uh, had a more charismatic face in the '60s in mm -hmm. music, but then when sports, the preference for kinetic sports came in, the blacks are doubly charismatic, and so they become the the uh, preferred image in the increased hyperactivity of cable TV and the jumping around from space to space as you uh, use your remote uh, control. And so, white people knew that though, Bob. I feel like the, 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 the white American, the Caucasians, they knew that, oh shit, these black people are charismatic, they're athletes, they can do this. 
and they immediately created, I don't want to say these systems, because back then, African-American athletes, they had no clue on the business side. They just knew, like, I'm going to do what I'm good at. And I'm going to get paid to do it. But I think now, if you fast forward now, I think from that space, I think athletes are getting a lot more smarter and knowing that, okay, maybe we should try to own something now. Would you say that back then they didn't give us the information because if we knew that we were running everything, it would be a whole different ballgame? What would have changed if black people knew that, oh, shit, like we're turning into instant stars because the color television makes us pop out? Your tribalism was uh, natural tribalism, non-literate uh, individuality mm -hmm. um, was emphasized by the electric media of cable TV, TV, cable TV, and then satellite broadcasting. So uh, you didn't have a sense of ownership. You didn't have a, the middle class literate values as you have now, mm -hmm. but didn't have in the 50s. I mean, it's, it's, Frank Zappa used to talk about this, the terrible ripoff of all the singers, the doo-wop teenagers by the white management in the record business, you know, uh, that was uh, because nobody, uh, the blacks didn't think in terms of ownership. They thought in terms of community. Mm -hmm. They thought they were joining the community, putting their, their music get, into it. So historically, the blacks were vulnerable Got it. Uh, to um, uh, individual situation. But, but once civil rights came in and then other rights to get educated in a better school, they developed their literacy. But as I said before, the problem is as they become more literate, the white world is becoming less literate. Mm -hmm. And actually, what who becomes the big fan of uh, kinetic tactile black culture is the white kids. Yep, they're uh, all know, doing. They're all doing the. Gone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and, and so it gets confusing about which direction to go uh, because the consumers are uh, um, not thinking of ownership anymore. They still are very literate, the white people, and they can't give it up, but they hope to be like tribal, like the blacks. Yeah, but now, see, that's the, the thing. Do blacks know that? Recognize. I find they're working backwards. Like people, no, they don't understand these they dynamics. They, yeah. they, re they react instinctively in some ways, but they don't have the conceptual framework. But meanwhile, the blacks know you have to move towards what they weren't, which was literate. Mm -hmm. And that middle class grew, uh, but there's still problems uh, in society because it's all getting mixed up now that we're in the global membrane and we don't even have bodies. It doesn't matter if you're white or black or Chinese or anymore in this daily interactive situation with our texting and our digital life. So um, let's see. So the, so the baseball, so the mega hat. Yeah. The mega. Up to the mega hat. Yeah. Since people are not their bodies, their identity is not based on their, their race, creed or class anymore it's based on their tactile interactiveness with whatever media they're using it can be rush limbaugh on talk radio why did talk radio come back in because that was uh an interactive tactile phenomenon where the audience could interact with the host um and not just receive information passively so the dialogue nature of talk radio a lot of people in the 90s who didn't have the money to get computers they were attracted to that got it and, uh, and a side thing when, um, well, I can't answer that, but it's probably just the mail. So sorry. <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, you had the George Wallace, uh, the right wing Democrat movement, 68 to 72. Wallace even got shot in the election campaign of 72. You have the, the, uh, the, uh, semi-literate, uh, white people, not sophisticated, not super educated, 
remember, education, the more you read, you become more passive. You actually yeah. become socially impotent. Uh, but you're, you're moving into the information side. You have, you have new roles in management you can get. Then meanwhile, you, the whites noticed this charisma of the black in the color TV world, and they reacted politically. Mm-hmm. They became, quote, racist. Or whatever they thought Wallace was, they thought the black race, the black, bo- the white bodies had to be protected. They thought that they were going down because they believed in the reality of the television mm. and what it was doing. And it is a reality, but it creates new psychological, sociological uh, images that you don't expect that confuses the old traditions. Okay, so many people like to say that Trumpers are um, racist, anti-Semitic, all this uh, chemical body physical body descriptions. No, no, they're not that. They're as disembodied as the rest of us in the global membrane. But people like to preserve their culture. And if they have a body, this explains why t-shirts took over 20 or 30 years ago. People became, they communicated with their clothes Mm. because their clothes were what they were more of than their physical body because their physical body was lost in the disembodied world of electric media, tactile media. You have to understand how we became disembodied in our general experience by being, we're disembodied right now. We're just images. Yeah, we're just images. Uh, we see pictures of our body, but we are someplace our body normally can't do without electric technology. So you can look at these changes. People started communicating what they were with their t- T-shirt. All right? So that happened uh, 30 years ago, and that became a cliche. Then they, then they started communicating with their baseball cap. And then... Trump wants to bring it all together. So he doesn't have a, a political campaign, a political ideology. He doesn't have a, a, a government policy. He actually had nothing. And that pattern started with George Bush Jr. He didn't read. He didn't have anything to say. He just represented uh, some position. Uh, you could say the patriarchy. But here's Trump coming along, and he's not going to have any physical body reference points or mental ideas about what society should do. He's just going to be enthusiastic and be an icon, a visual icon, a piece of clothing, a hat. hat, And so he made it, he he turned the hat forward so he could have a label on it and and make a point. So he realized we were just hats on the physical level. And government deals with the physical body. It idealizes that, thinks it can bring order to society. Uh, it can't in the in the mixed corporate media and the crazy media environment we live in. So government is not effective. But you can be an image of government with a hat, and it yeah. works. It made people who subconsciously knew that they were not bodies anymore. They couldn't articulate it, but their their being is is picking up on. It. They realized they weren't bodies anymore, and so if you're going to have a symbol of what we are, make it a hat. I mean, Bob, and hats so- are crazy right now. I mean, everybody like. There's so many brands now that are making, like, they take your ordinary base. Now, wait, look, look at this. The environment created racism. No, literacy created racism. The printing press created racism. There was no description of, of people based on race before the printing press, and there also was no classification as sex. Sex and gender did not exist before uh, the printing press. So that's right. You have to say what the environment is. So you have this new literate categorization. Class, it caused class war, uh, gender war, uh, patriarchy domination, and uh, tribal war or racism. But that's what that's over the last 300 years. Once you get into the the tribal effect of radio in the 20s, and jazz takes over the world, 
that's going to have a big effect on the assumption of literate racism. We now have, uh, I would say, software imagery competition. And to the degree you identify with your physical body, which you shouldn't because it's so minor, but the degree that you, you identify with your uh, physical body and its images and its tribe, then you'll engage in the battle on the TV screen uh, from Wimbledon to basketball to chess. You'll identify with what you think your, your physical body is. And mm. this is where what I'm talking about is the new knowledge. You've got to realize we're not going to get peace in terms of this tribal modern environment created update of racism based on TV iconography. We're not going to get over that until we start to realize how discarnate we are or virtual. And many people don't like the virtual condition. The kids are into it. They, they, they uh, become it uh, extremely. But this is where you've got to get, okay, now Joey's saying media created racism, different levels of media. That's why you would read Marshall McLuhan. You'd understand why uh, print created the original racism. Remember, Shakespeare wrote a play about Othello, a black guy. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's, that's before the printing press, just the beginning. And, uh, you know, and he was a king. Uh, you know, maybe by 1900, you wouldn't have a king uh, in a Broadway musical. Uh, yeah. Broadway thing because it was hyper literate racist on the literate level, but we got into a different kind of tribalism. I don't even think the word racism applies uh, to this situation. You're identifying too much with the old physical body terms, which don't apply. What uh, are our physical but, bodies? A damn hat. Yeah, <laughs> we're a hat now. Bob, it makes so much sense now because I swear to you, hats are the biggest. I would say the biggest consumed product. I would say in fashion right now. I mean. They're taking the same baseball cap, the same fitted baseball hat, but they're adding their own stitching to it. And it's become like this new wave of, like you said, why identity. do you think? Yeah. is Because people are trying to find their identity. Is that why people wear hats? They're trying to, you know, figure it out. Is, is that what you're saying? They're trying to save an, the idea that they still have a physical body. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, Massive yeah. nostalgia for the physical body. And the best we can come up with, because we can't find our physical body, uh, because we're too busy texting and in the disembodied tactile digital media, social media, uh, that we will accept a symbol and a bit of clothing uh, as uh, your symbol for your physical body. Okay. Now, a lot of people are born into our world today and don't have any literacy. The young kids. What are they thinking of? What are they like? Uh, I keep being told by uh, younger people that parents, their parents have no clue how they think and be and what they share among themselves. That's because they're in a media, uh, digital media environment that conditioned them when they were one year old, say, even younger. So none of the terms uh, that I know of uh, in my historical memory of myself apply. I remember listening to a radio. I remember watching movies in theaters, any, any, any media. They're called analog media, these older ones, before mm -hmm. you have the digital. If, I, if someone says TV to me, I'll automatically, condition response, think of these old images. And so my images of uh, my life do not apply to the kids that live different media. Yeah. They have different content in their head. Exactly. Uh, and, and people, educators don't realize this, that where there's no similarity between, uh, say, Generation X and the young 
pre or whatever the generation Z, whatever they are after millennials. Yeah, Gen Z. We don't realize what their body image is. So I always go back. The first time I heard of this uh, was in the 70s. Uh, I heard some uh, young teenagers, teenage girls looking at albums in a record store. And they came across the Beatles album, which were the biggest band ever in the 60s. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and these girls, they're looking at these albums and they, and they, uh, they're looking at Paul McCartney album. Now he was, he had his band Wings, and they go, Oh, look, Paul McCartney was in a band before Wings. What <laughs> is this band? Oh, it's something called the Beatles. Yeah. They have okay. no clue. Yeah. We're made up of this imagery in our minds daily. And I think where we got today, people are numb. Uh, they're all on medication because they can't take the image demand change. They actually want to be nothing uh, because the newer technologies make newer kids, make your kids different from your older brothers and sisters and all that stuff. The, we have no longer have human uh, cognizing the way humanity has done for all our history. We aren't cognizing that way. We're cognizing in this weird digital membrane space. Now, you have to realize that with your, your children, if you're a parent. You realize they're not... They have no reference point that you have. Mm. And it's not like the, the stereotypical archetypal generational conflict. You know, every, every teenager boy 5,000 years ago had to assert himself against his father. And it's slow uh, maturing where they rebel for a while and then they come back into the fold. They even had rituals for kids to go off and uh, do their own vision quests. Different mm-hmm. cultures had that. But that's a slow physical body world. Now, you know, some some romantic boomers started thinking, we need to make vision quests for the young kids. We need to get them to have, uh, go out in the desert and do stuff like the uh, the Native Americans did. No, man, these kids don't have time to do that. They are going through a ritual process every day with the absorbing of the information and what they have to say about it. And you can see uh, why the blacks, they reduce it to, yo, or what's up? Yeah, <laughs> This is supposed to be... Uh, a kind of social um, communication of, of something? No, there's no common point to communicate. So you, you agree on a grunt. Frank Yo. Zappa wrote a mm. movie in 1964 called Captain Beefheart Meets the Grunt People. We were the baby boomers and the younger generations were becoming grunt people for our physical body, but it didn't matter. It wasn't rude. It wasn't being dumb. That's a big mistake that people say the kids are dumb. They're not dumb. They're processing the new technologies that the communication environment is way beyond their parents. Yeah. And so you have this, the, the cliche back in the 90s that the kids would program the VCR for the parents, you know, the five-year-old. Yeah. So our educational system doesn't deal with the different people well, Bob, that are being made. I want to talk to you about, ed- I don't want to get off topic, but this is one of my questions that I wanted to talk to you about. And it was the education system. And I know there are some parents on here and, one of the things I want to talk about with education and like the way kids are retrieving information or receiving information, you can get everything on your smartphone. You can get on the computer. It's like now you're seeing less and less kids go to school in universities, but now even with this COVID less and less kids are going to school. And then the people that are investing in the school are investing because, you know, kids are going to be in school, wherever, whoever, whoever's funding the schools, where do you see academia in the next three years, four years? Uh, I don't see it recovering. I don't see the educational dynamic even important. You know, look at look at how uh, George Bush Jr. 
his charisma was he didn't read newspapers. He didn't. He wasn't informed. And after the hyper-informed Clinton-Gore administration, remember Gore said he, he invented the internet, they're information junkies. People were tired of that. So they got a guy who didn't consume information. And then politics ended. So they brought in a strange phenomenon known as an African-American president, you know, Obama. So that was unique. And then it was over. And then Trump comes along and he can't complete his sentences because he's actually communicating on an ESP level. He lets people fill in what he's, what he's saying. And that's smart because you've got all kinds of different people who have different preferences in their media diet. So there's nothing common. So you just start a sentence and let anybody fill it in. And they, and they I think they're participating with you. Okay. So then what happens? What's the next presidential image? A guy who doesn't, he has, he's not um, in completing his sentences like, like Trump did. He couldn't even complete his syllables. And then he withdrew from communication completely. Do you realize how absurd it is to run a political campaign without showing up? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. So, did Biden not show up? So I asked somebody today just messing around like, yeah, they were saying that Biden had campaign. You know, they had campaigns, driving campaigns. He did stuff social distance way. Do you think that was a way for them to say just because nobody was going to his, like, to his rallies and stuff? Can you explain that? Because I didn't see much, you know, campaigning or rallying of Biden. You know what I mean? Only when they had the debate, but I didn't see he didn't do any. Oh, he didn't do and any. And when he did show up for a rally, his audience were automobiles, beeping their horns. <laughs> I mean, it's so absurd. This guy was a, he's almost like a robot. He's a ridiculous cloned robot uh, who's not going to emphasize human communication too much because that's not relevant anymore. He kept his physical body out of the, out of the fray by pretending he was protecting himself from COVID and stuff like that. The point is, he, if he did get a huge number of votes and it was legal, I guess we're going to find out, then his charisma was based on the fact he had nobody and no, no communication skills. Now, this is how wacky we are. And maybe that communicates to uh, people who are texting and don't deal with physical bodies anymore. I, I hear from sociologists that, that people over the last 10 years aren't interested in sex anymore. They've beaten off. They have, Porn is free. What? Porn is free. That's why. Yeah, there's the imagery of it. Yeah. And also because they've got their other body, the texting body. Oh, they're, the they're body. always, yeah, it's true. They're always thinking about that. Yeah, They're experiencing other levels, which is way more richer than a sex act. Sex act might feel good for a few minutes, but yeah. if you're involved in a conversation texting and you like what you're doing, then go on for a couple hours. Yeah, it's true. Plus it's you're true. absorbing uh, other imagery. That's a hey, Bob. We when this there's a device that came out called the T-Mobile Sidekick. Everybody knows what the fuck it's, it was a a device by T-Mobile. It was a phone and almost like a mini computer, right? And you would flip it up and you would start typing. That in BlackBerry phones was the beginning of like people could not stop fucking typing like is that a tactile that is a tactile experience right like back and forth yeah, back and forth yeah. text 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 you can't yeah. and you can't get out of that like like even now like sometimes i catch myself i'll be on instagram i'll be like god damn i've been on this shit like for a minute like it's been a, it's been an hour i've been on this thing and I, like i won't say i haven't been accomplished anything but like You've, it's, it's a huge phenomenon. Never has it ever been a time where people could literally go sit here in one spot and just be here for three hours, four hours, five hours. Where did that yeah, come from? 
well, you, you think it's a little black mirror. No. It's going to your brain as a hologram, as an environment. Every image. And, and that's way more interactive and fulfilling than I'm looking out the, the scene that stays the same. Yes, yeah, nothing happening. Yeah. Nothing happening there. But if I can stimulate myself, I mean, it's actually a disgrace that we dump this into the people without people being ready for it, you know? But that's the way, that's the way reality is. It's always surprising us with new experience. We can't stop reality. You can't stop the world, so we couldn't stop media. Now, somebody I noticed a little while ago said, um, "Is that? Oh, first of all, Marathon Music is that? Oh, uh, yeah. Kenley, shout out Kenley. Kenley's in town. Kenley, okay, um, young lady. Somebody said the kids want to be ballers and rappers. Yeah, okay. Ballers are, are sports people. Well, mean? ballers is you know that's a double meaning. So, Bob, let me break down ballers to you. Well, actually, it could be a triple meaning. A baller could be someone that has a lot of money." That ball, like you go out to the club, you buy bottles, you buy girls, you do whatever, you balling out. And there's also the athlete, you know, that's a baller. And then they have this new term of calling someone a baller that's just like cool. Like, oh, that kid's a baller. Like, you could just be cool and now you're a baller. I mean, you know, so many terms of this one word, but kids just want to be cool, basically. That's what they want to be. They want to be cool motherfuckers. They ain't got to worry about shit. And they could, you know, they, they have their own rules. That's now, how the new kids are. Yeah, the physical body wants to be cool because the large part of their experience since cable TV is endless flow of imagery and sound and kinesis and movement. I mean, you're on a drug. You might as well say you're on ayahuasca or heroin or LSD or something or ecstasy. When you're on you're your on phone? a constant stimulation of yourself in the uh, media, in your environment, in your digital media. And so you want your chemical body to live like that to be in a state of ecstasy, and to be have a flow, no interruption. Yeah. And you don't know that, that you've been conditioned to have that bias, that, uh, that preference. You've been conditioned to have flow. And so they say that communism or socialism are going to take over and people are going to turn the government into their god. They just want to be taken care of. But that's, that's, a, a, yeah, that's what it seems body. like. People want the government. It's almost like people make the government bigger than them. That's what it's seeming like, you're yeah. right? Like people are making the government yeah. bigger than them. Like not saying that you shouldn't follow rules, but it almost feels like people want that kind of like security, like safety, like, oh, we got a good government. We're good. Where does that come from? Okay. Well, again, it's the physical body, the obsolete sideline physical body is getting so addicted to the other bodies, the digital chip body, that they haven't got time to take care or energize the physical body mm -hmm. so they want the government to put it on welfare mm -hmm. well, depending uh, well there's different kinds of welfare probably I don't know how much you're going to get but you're going to get a basic guaranteed income that's what people want they want their physical body taken care of because they don't live in the physical body in the majority of their daily experience you got to mm -hmm. realize that this is the main fact of our time the chemical body there used to be a song in, in 1969, in the year 2525, there'd be nothing for you to do. Your hands, your arms will hang limp by your side. But they didn't project uh, the media effect, the media environment into that song. They just talked about how ridiculous the, the past of the chemical body came. But the reason people could write a song like that uh, is that they were getting that experience with television, movies, and radios. Very innocent compared to today. But it was the beginning of 
the physical body being sidelined and your brain or your gut being stimulated through your uh, senses in your uh, face, your head, and then your body. So ballers and rappers, um, let's think of ballers as sports figures. Yeah. That's the hyper, that's the kinetic bias of Americans. So they want to have constant physical activity. If they're going to use their physical body, uh, they want it to be stimulated all the time in a playful situation, not a boring routine assembly line job. That's, that's painful. So if they're, and so they don't mind, uh, Doing sports out in the, the backyard or in the parking lot uh, is stimulating your body. But at the same time, they also want to be on the TV body and performing. Music is a small part of the rap world. The rap world is an attitude. It's, it's clothing. It's an environment of uh, physical decadence, maybe, or violence, depending. Why did all the girls uh, agree to be hoes on the black videos, the rap videos, after this so-called training from their their uh, boomer parents who are literate and developed feminism and all that, why did the girls violate that? Now, you could say, oh, girls like to be different from their parents. No, it's more than that. You've got to realize that those chemical body psychologies don't work. The psychology of kids rebelling as parents is not the issue. They are living in much media variety, and they're willing to take their physical body and be a slave to whatever they think uh, the new environment's going to do to it. So the wrapper is the symbol of the environment taking you over, the global membrane, the chip body. That's what a wrapper is. They don't have any semantic meaning, any story in their lyrics. It's more grunt people stuff. Yeah. Not, now, now, it, it wasn't always like that. Now the new rap is more just, yeah, mama, yeah, get it, got it, going, bought it, I got it, about to get the whip, got it, in a, hit it, yeah. Oh, that's being like Biden. They can't, mm. they can't even finish their syllable. They're being syllables. Mm -hmm. So it, it's amazing that, you know, what? Uh, so Biden said, you, if you're black, you have to vote for him. Somebody said okay? Jesus is the only way we need help. But I'm not even going to comment who on that. Said that. I don't know who it is. I'm not, that's, that's, I don't want to get even into that. Um, okay, but just yeah, yeah. that statement became yeah. controversial. So literate people like Candace Owens come in with literate arguments showing how ridiculous and racist Biden is by saying that, yeah. by even having the category of black people. But actually, on the media level, and it's almost post-media, this, this weird digital world we're in doesn't look like a TV set. Uh, it's a screen. Let's call it a screenal economy, a screenal experience. On the screen, um, uh, what was I going to say? So he says uh, uh, black. Oh, yeah. The, the rappers of the last few years are grunting. Biden is the grunting president. You have you are part of the political image that Biden brought in if you're in the rap world, which is expressing the physical body world of people on the street who can't make a sentence. That takes too long, too long to say a sentence, man. You just grunt. Yeah. Think of people as living at the speed of EFT. The grunting doesn't mean you're stupid. It, it means does. you're hypersensitive to the interaction of perception in your texting world. So we actually live in a very super sensitive psychic reality of ESP happening. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that all this stuff is here immediately, uh, quickly, and go from one medium to the next, that's like ESP, that's rapidity. So we live in the most fantastic, uh, utopian, 
discarnate, disembodied world that nobody predicted. A few people, like McLuhan, got onto it, but nobody really saw what we'd be doing. Mm. And uh, so here we are uh, living in a world of ESP. And so if anybody says a sentence to you, whether they're literate or not, it's not, it's not relevant to the speed of what's going on. So that's why I'm finally getting some heart. They, people like that one. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, this idea of instant interaction uh, is um, so dominant. I, I wrote a paper 20 years ago called Cloning ESP. We have cloned the ESP function in humans, and it's daily interaction now. So if people are living like that more and more, what happens to social order that's dictated by sentences or statements of authority? Nobody takes that um, seriously anymore. They don't live it. Mm-hmm. So um, being black is being Biden. Are you saying the communication-wise, though, is that why you think that there's so much connection where, because it's the communication, but at the end of the day, Trump doesn't finish sentences, so there's also a connection with, because we, at the end of the day, I I believe as people, we're so busy texting and there, there is no more literacy like that, you know? So what is the connection and is there even a connection there with either, either, either side? No, I, I say five years ago, Trump was charismatic uh, because he didn't finish his sentences. Mm. He was starting to enter us into the grunt world. Mm. Now, we've had a lot of changes with technology the last, just the last five years. Uh, McLuhan used to say we live 200 years every 12 months compared to slower, less technology-based societies for thousands of years. Okay, so we've lived many, many thousands of years over the last 60 months. And so we're going to have to have more of our caveman grunter image to be the, the bringing unity, bringing unity to the disembodied hive. And so a guy shows up who's not even going to present his chemical body in the election. Mm-hmm. I'm actually making sense of what Biden was. This has never been said before. What I'm saying is a whole unique way to look at the Biden phenomenon. From the literate journalist point of view, like on Fox News, they said Biden's ridiculous. He's not making a program. He's not campaigning. He's not many people. He's not doing debates. He's doing nothing. Well, he was smart. He had no body. And then he synthesized with everybody's body and the COVID by saying, it's disease. I'm sick like you. And mm. uh, if I'm going to have a body, it's going to be sick. But I don't have a body and I don't need to present in the election. What did he offer? He, did, did he, he didn't have a program. I don't know. what He, he offered, I'm not Trump. And you people should hate Trump. You should hate that old, slower, super literate guy who actually completed his sentences. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. That's fascism. Mm-hmm. We're going to have communism under me where we just grunt together based, if we even show up. But, Bob, I would say the disconnection, it is, you know, allowing a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are like, yo, at the end of the day, you know, you have your own individual power. And at the end of the day, some people are like, yo, man, like. I can't live under Trump. I can't live under Biden. There's all, there's so many, there's so much shit everywhere, like you said, in this global membrane. And at the end of the day, it's allowing yeah, some people to say, well, you know what? I'm going to just do my own thing. And I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to build my, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to be a CEO. I'm going to do whatever. And they're just doing their own thing. What would you say would be the best thing? Whatever happens when this election is complete or whatever the, the votes get count, what can you, what would you recommend to people to be able to continue to evolve and continue to, you know, reap the benefits of it is we live, we live in America, the best country, you know, 
that's ever been created. Okay. Uh, not necessarily if you think technology is a curse on people. Mm. There are a lot of people who don't like the isolated life of the digital world. You know what I mean? They don't feel comfortable in it. So America has become a bad place for them, mm. you know, if everybody's texting. But uh, um, so you were saying, okay, if you're on welfare, the government's uh, keeping you uh, function so you can keep texting. That's one situation. The other ideal is to make a whole bunch of money as an entrepreneur so I can go on well, I can have my own welfare so I can keep texting. See, humans have always been at basic, on the essence level, communicators. Mm -hmm. what, did, what did all that speech that people yak all these centuries? It didn't lead to anything to speak, but they love talking. Yeah. Okay, so the fact that we have so many media and ways to communicate has shown that we are, at essence, whoever voted that we were basically not food eaters or tool makers, but communicators has, been, has won the argument today. Because everybody lives to have super communication. And it's not any literate, uh, conclusive, meaningful communication. It's, it's, in a way, it's like sex, but sex with other bodies, other kinds of structures. You can communicate like with body. anything, yeah. Yeah, communicate with anything. So, so people live today to get to a physician, either on welfare or through private wealth, so that they can keep texting and living in the chip body. That's a huge mistake humanity's made. If this, this is going to lead to a civil war and all kinds of other crazy stuff, maybe even bigger wars, because we never understood what the chip body was going to do to us. And nobody cares. Right now, we're a chip body experience for people. Well, you got to explain what the chip body is. I don't think chip body is basically the body that we're looking at on this cell, cellular device. Yeah. That's the chip body. It's not a physical body. Yeah. It's an extension of your nervous synapses, your, your brain system. Uh, however you imagine that the circuits in your brain, we've externalized that. You're living in circuitry. Living, driving in a car with wheels going somewhere is burdensome. Uh, you want to be able to get there immediately, which you can with this uh, electric circuitry. Mm -hmm. So that's, I'm, I'm providing the basic facts that should be entered in every argument, in every social discussion. Uh, if you're not talking about what we are, you haven't begun the argument properly or the quest for truth. Now, there's no evolution in this situation. There's just reciprocal stimulation. So the idea of going someplace is obsolete. You temporarily uh, become a drug dealer or some other means of getting money, get into the, uh, the military, get some money that way, save it up, and then you drop back into civilian life and you quickly try to make a, a, a product or something and, and uh, make money so you can relax. So and, everybody's and working to relax. To, I mean, at the end of the day, but that is what you want to do. Like anybody, anyone that gets a job is, I mean, well, that's, that's the thing. Some people don't work to get wealthy. Some people just work for comfortability. Some people work because they want to get rich. Some people don't want to work at all. And like you said, they'd rather get a check for free. You know what I'm saying? Well, people work. People work because they can't sit still. Their hands go crazy. Mm. So they have to move around. But you need money American, too, Bob. You need uh, money too. You need money to survive. I mean, that's a basic fact. Not not just, you, we know. Well, look at, uh, I don't know if you can say we need money. Money is part of the exchange, but you need to communicate. You need to communicate. And part yeah. of communication is money. You get side effects. You get money if you communicate in some situation. Uh, but the, the preference is to uh, uh, stimulate yourself constantly, constant orgasm on a mental level. 
on a hologramic in image intake and image broadcasting. Look at the fun of typing and seeing yourself typing and having people respond to what you said. And then you might tell you, most people will start a fight just to make it interesting. So we're hyper communicating. There was a, a famous book. Now to make it, even now, if I bring up the movie Matrix 20 years ago, there are young people who don't know the movie The Matrix, but it was a huge movie at the time. But in the movie, it was based on a thinker named Baudrillard. He's a, he's a content. He's, he's mentioned in the movie. Uh, Baudrillard wrote a book in 1987, The Ecstasy of Communication. And that was the perfect title as we started to move into computers and the chip body and digital reality in the mid-80s. Uh, that's what people were going to get into, the ecstasy of communication. So um, I cannot, uh, like, look here. Somebody's saying, Jeff, open this up. Let people in. Uh, the youth want free ships. That's why they vote. Okay. Yes, they want to make the government their god. They want free shit. No, let's say it differently. Their chemical body is a nuisance. Their physical chemical body is a nuisance. They want that cared for while they live in the other bodies. The people don't want free shit. They want to have time to engage in their texting and media and YouTube consumption and whatever they're doing on Instagram. All that amazing luxury of stimulation is what they want. And, oh, you to do that, you've got to feed your body. Well, I haven't got time to feed my body. You feed it. And so that makes nutrition go down. Just give me, you know, what do they, what do they eat? What do kids eat today? Pop? I don't know. What Soda, chip. I mean, whatever. Shit, I don't know what kids eat. I yeah. know what I eat. Soda and chip. Yeah, pizza. The you know, same thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the larger consequences of having a chip body and forgetting about the, the physical body is that you're going to see a lot more in, uh, diseases and ill health in younger people earlier because they're not having any basic nutrition. That's why you have to take our product as your food, because we give you the mineral elements that everybody needs to survive. Yeah, so I want to I rewind that, Bob. I, that makes a lot of sense, that people aren't eating as well because they're so engaged in the, in the, other in the chemical body, which is the body, I mean, the chip body, I'm sorry, the chip body of us yeah. texting, communicating, social media, YouTube. Then you think about it, a lot of times you'd be on it and you'd be like, damn, I didn't eat. Let me order some something quick. You know what I mean? Like, I, that does make sense. And that does, you see a lot more of younger people now, like younger people are getting sicker faster. Not disregard like a COVID factor. I mean, just anything. Like, they get cancer yeah. way too early. Yeah. All yes. kinds of cancer. Yeah. So, um, so there's a plague on the chemical body because we brought in a new body, the chip body. There were phases. We brought in the movie radio body 100 years ago. Then we had the TV body. Then the cable TV body. Then the super digital interactive body. And that's what I'm calling the chip body. And it, it obsolesced. It sidelined the physical body. And it made people angry about any imposition of an institutional rule. They don't go to school. They don't want that shit to happen. They don't have proper education like they used to. Nobody can remember anything uh, on the book level. So training the mind for the chemical body has been tossed aside. And luckily, if Biden gets in and brings in a communist government, yeah, you're going to be taken care of. But there's other cultures in the other parts of the world who are not at the same level as us. Mm -hmm. They're going to take advantage of this. Mm -hmm. They're going to raid us and, and nuke us or whatever uh, because they can, and we're not paying attention to that. Yeah. So there's so there's so many disservices of our situation that you can see why there would be 
uh, big wars. On, uh, at every level. Know. At every level. Yeah. So and I what? Go ahead. Go ahead. So I was going to ask you a question um, about everything that's happening right now. Like I even see my peers with this, you know, the, the, you know, the election and everything. But it seems like this is aligned. It's making people so far disconnected from themselves because everybody's worried from about their physical body. from their physical body. Yeah, from, gotta, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, exactly. You got to say different. Okay, okay. It's making people. Disconnected from the physical body, but super connected to their chip body. Yeah, that's where the ecstasy is. Yeah, but my and that my, is a, my, my okay. when, when I talk about the disconnection, I'm talking about like, you know, the disconnection from worrying about yourself. A lot of people are very worried about outside things that are happening, and uh, we're forgetting we're forgetting to think that's about the, ourselves. Listen, so okay, yeah, that's the TV body. We're gonna distinguish the TV body from the chip body. Chip body is by yourself, doing your own thing, interacting with whoever. Mm -hmm. But the TV body is the imagery of the world. Everything you see. Mm -hmm. They're over there in England. The, the photographic iconography, icon, of our world so-called so universe, the Hubble telescope and images of space and images of deserts in Africa and stuff like that, that is what people think is their physical body's world. But it's only imagery. And if they, if they travel to places, they find out it's way different from the imagery you have. But people sweat and are concerned over what the image should be. Many people objected to Trump because his image didn't fit what they thought a president should be. Definitely way different from what uh, Obama did. Yeah. So people are conflicted in their dead minds with this uh, sorting out the imagery of the TV body while at the same time processing their ESP in the chip body. Look at the levels we live on, and this is what should be taught in school. Not the Constitution, not the right to have freedom of speech. That's bullshit. Everybody's got freedom of speech and freedom of expression, freedom yeah. of communication in many levels, and, and some people enjoy uh, somebody trying to stop you. That creates a little fight in, in yourself, a little yeah. adrenaline. So we have to – I'm bringing in a new language. There used to be something called Esperanto 150 years ago or 100 years ago where they thought, okay, we're all inside the small global village, thanks to the telegraph and airplanes and radio and telephones. Let's all get on the same page with a written language. So they tried to compose a written language called Esperanto that everybody could learn, and then everybody would be sort of unified with the fantasy, mm -hmm. with one global language. What upset that was Louis Armstrong. He unified the world before jazz, jazz. Mm -hmm. and before Esperanto, the literate language with jazz. Mm -hmm. Everybody get into the same dance. Okay, um, I'm saying the new Esperanto is my five bodies. Learn the five bodies. Think. Uh, let's 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 go through. Let's go through each five. I mean, I know, I know it a little bit. So I'll try to explain. And if I'm wrong, you tell me. So the chip body is this body that we're looking at right now. Like you see me on the t cell phone, and I see you, and we're communicating through this chip. This this device. This is great. This, okay, but let me add to that. Okay, the the texting, the emails, the response of the audience—they're part of this show as much as we are. Got this it. This interactivity, not just our static not just imagery us. of Got ourselves. It. Okay, and then yeah. the the t the TV body is the things that we see. Only the things that we see, whether it's YouTube, whether it's the television, whether it's on your cell phone, 
whatever the world is basically portrayed and how you see it. And is that what you, how you would break down? It, 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 it would be a passive reception. Uh, you receive the, what you see and it's given to you and you have, you don't um, argue with it. You don't argue. You can with argue it. with the texting situation. You don't mm. argue. You accept it as, oh, that's what Los Angeles looks like. Oh, you, you can know? Yeah, you can't do nothing if the TV says, hey, something, something. You can't be like, hey, motherfucker. You can, but it's like there is no like back and forth. Okay, got it. And then so TV, right. TV body, chip body. Um, what's the next body you talked about? Astral. Astral body. So tell me, is that like the dream? I mean, I guess the simple terms would be like. The bot, like when you, if you're having dreams, or you're going somewhere else, you wake up like, oh, I was just somewhere in the dream. Like, explain the astral body, and maybe in your way, so maybe people can understand exactly what you mean by that. It's the realm of experience that uh, implies there's more than your physical body. Where, uh, where do you go when you dream? Where do you go when you have spiritual experiences or strange experiences? Where do you go when you take drugs? Uh, these other realms, imaginary or not, are a part of every culture. No culture believes that they are limited to what they see or hear. They're not limited to the physical. They operate in the physical up till recently. They operate in the physical, but they had a realm of imagination or thought or actual strange uh, experiences that implied other worlds that you couldn't see. Got it. So that's the astral history. All, right. all the writing about religion, Got all it. the writing about um, uh, yoga or spiritual experiences in different uh, cultures. That's all the astral body. Okay. So not, to, not limited to the physical. All right. So what's the next? So we got chip, astral, TV. What's next? Physical body. Physical body is my body right here that I can touch, that I can feel, that I put clothes on. That's the physical body. Now, I, I changed the term. Since the chip body is physical, no matter how... Time out, time out, time out. You're saying the chip body is physical because right now you're seeing me on the screen. Is that why you're saying it's physical? Because you can see me I'm, physically. My brain, my brain is registering experience. So, Got it. So the chip body is physical. The astral body is an, another kind of physical, uh, more ephemeral. And the TV body is physical. So I don't call our this body... The physical body, a physical body. I call it a chemical body because the knowledge that chemistry brought in uh, 200 years ago and then built up chemical uh, scientific knowledge that the West dominated on till recently, that whole understanding of what your body's parts and elements and and uh, atoms and molecules are made up of. That <laughs> Dick is Dobbs is crying laughing, body. Bob. Why is he crying laughing Who? right now? Your brother. <laughs> well, he, he heard me talk about my body for 25 years. He's sick of it. And, uh, okay. And he can't believe <laughs> that we're he, talking about he it. He can't believe that I'm still, you know, what is it, pumping that stick. Uh, but I, I think it's very important. I've Got created it. a global Esperanto. Got it. If we agreed that we have five bodies, then all discussions would have to be filtered through the four bodies. Now, there's a fifth body. Yep. Somebody likes that. Uh, the fifth body is what we don't know. Yeah. The stuff uh, we don't know. I call it the mystery body. Uh, the unknown reality. We don't know how much the now, how big it is. How big is the now? How much does it involve? How many lives do we actually have? So all those factors that we can't know with our normal knowing today uh, is uh, the fifth body, the mystery landscape, the Got mystery it. body. Got so it. those are the five bodies. Well, Bob, um, right now, if you had, if if a human had to say, you know what, I can only choose one of these five bodies. What would you think now is the 
you would say chip body is the one that you probably uh, pay attention the most because you, you don't choose your body. They're given to you. Your no, I'm body saying if you can only have one, body. if you only could, if there was, if you could have one body, what would be the body that you would want to be your body that you would have to only communicate with or whatever? Well, if you're an adventurous type of person, you'd want to have the mystery body. You want endless you want anomalies end and weirdness mm -hmm. unfolding. Mm -hmm. People look for that in drugs, psychedelic drugs. Mm -hmm. But on a practical, more practical level, you'd want the chip body because it's constantly stimulated. It's constantly and people stimulated. are living that. They're living with, they have voted for the chip body. Mm -hmm. That's another point that's going on. Everybody has voted for the chip body. That's the one they want to live in. And so I haven't got time to support my chemical body. So you feed me, mm -hmm. feed me or kill me, you know? Mm -hmm. So that explains why uh, the young kids more and more than previous generations, um, it began with the baby boomers. They, for some reason, created something called the new left. They, they became more socialist oriented in the 60s. But that was because of the communal effect of television and the global membrane of television. And each generation has been... Um, more collectively organized, but not so much with Generation X and uh, whatever's before the millennials. They were sick of the information overload, but they didn't have the chip body yet. So they actually became, uh, you could say, capitalists or yuppies or uh, just selfish. It actually was a term for the mm, 70s called selfish. the me decade. The me decade was what Tom Wolf called the 70s. Uh, and so and that was a reaction. Everybody was thinking about themselves. The yeah, mm -hmm. that was a reaction to the TV landscape before it became a TV body dominating everybody. So there was all kinds of bitterness in the in the Generation X gang. They felt that all the neat stuff had been done by their older brothers and sisters. So and they didn't get a piece this, of it. Yeah. So the dark mood of of the generation of the seventies that got lifted once people had the computer, especially the the really young kids. So we moved into a chip body. We solved the, the depression and the despondency of the Generation X period, 70s and 80s. And, you, you know, people hated the Reagan era. They hated Reagan like they hated Trump, uh, the younger people, because he represented this image domination that was happening that you couldn't, talk, you couldn't argue back with it. So we really solved the problem, that problem, with the chip body. Amazing interactivity. But now nobody knows what is solid and mm. you can say maybe the other kids the the really young kids they don't need solidity in their chip body they don't need to believe in anything there's always constant input always constant information that you're receiving and putting out look you can you know can become a youtube influencer right away. you can you're a nobody but you come up with some interesting stuff on the chip body level you get charisma and you get money yeah. uh, but you but you have a problem you got a physical you got a chemical body that needs to be fed. Mm. Now, here's an interesting thing about uh, someone pointed out to me. Uh, since people are eating and living on non-nutritious food, the food is totally empty. Mm -hmm. Why are people, even though they're sick and that, why are they still alive? Why aren't they starving? Because we don't need food, really. And and because uh, we have the chip body distracted, we can begin to notice, hey, I don't eat properly. I don't need to eat food. I eat crap. Yeah, everybody. At the end of the day, but then it, but also, people have made it hard to eat good. Like, if you don't have a lot of money, it's hard to eat. Like, you know, you want to, you know, you want to grass fed. You want to do these things. Like, it's almost like it's it's. If you start to really think about it, it's like as the world evolved, they made it seem like 
this you have to survive with eating organic this and then like they jump the prices to fucking double so is that all part of the economy trying to boost like this whole thing up like how do you explain that how do you see that well the health movement came in in the 60s 70s and 80s people are trying to get organic food that was the first gas uh and the dying uh, throes of the chemical body the chemical body said well if i'm going to eat I'm going to make it real pure. Mm. I'm going to make a specialty out of it. It's it's not necessary because I got the TV landscape. Before we have bodies, we have landscapes. Mm-hmm. So the first half of the 20th century is a movie landscape, radio landscape. When you bring in digital technology, it shrinks the landscape into what I call bodies. Body becomes a, an Dickie, organ. send me some bread. So, Sorry. Beg your pardon? Uh, Dickie Dobbs Dickie said we're supposed to just eat the money. Okay, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe he says. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so you can see that as the chemical body uh, started to be noticed, before it would be swallowed up by the TV body and the chip body, mm-hmm. people turned it into an art form. They wanted to purify it. So that was the impulse to get organic food. And then as the, as the chemical body became more sidelined, nobody cared to keep it perfect anymore. So Tom, I'm going to break this down again for people listening. When he says the chemical body is sidelined, ladies and gentlemen, he's basically saying this body of you that you can touch and feel, you sideline that because you're too busy texting on YouTube, engaging in that. So just when if you hear him saying the chemical body is sidelined, that's what he's saying. Your natural physical body has been sidelined due to the engaging of texting in that digital space, just to break that down. But OK, sorry to cut you off. I just want what you say? I think I'm looking better than you, Jack. Nah, I but, think I feel better. Nah, that's, that's why I'm I the only closer. white man who can catch up to a black guy. Nah, but there's no way. Me. I mean, I, I will say this. To be, 90, to be 98 years old, to be 98, I mean, you look damn good to be 98. You don't look, look better than me. You look impossible. You look impossible. You don't look better than me, but you look really, really good for 98, Bob. I will say, I mean, God damn. But anyway, let's get yeah, back to the real I shit. Win. Let's get yeah. look at your brother. He's out of control. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's always Dick Dobbs always wants to have an orgy. Yeah, he's, he's out of control. Something's body, wrong with him, man. He's always trying to get an orgy going. That's it. He's ridiculous. That how Dicky, do you have any questions? Christmas time, the Christmas time, and the family's all together. You haven't seen all your family all get together. Like Dick, Dick, Dick advocating the family Dick, to have an orgy. Dicky's crazy. So Dicky Dobbs, please ask a question right now. <laughs> Dickie Dobbs, ask a question. We we didn't want to see. Yeah. What do you want to know? What the fuck do you want to know, Dickie? Bread of life. He actually did ask, but he said bread of life. Yeah, we can't get into that yet, though. Food. Are you seriously? Yes, I'm seriously. I I'm also frivolously ninety eight. I'm all moods. Thompson is where William Irwin Thompson died. He wants to break up the fact. He that died. Thompson died. When he died? Yeah, he died last. He died uh, on the eighth or ninth just and, last weekend. Oh, really? Fuck. Yeah. And I know, I mean, William Irwin Thompson is somebody, you know, that you have always, you know, told me to read his books. You know, well, I've read Marshall McLuhan and another philosopher is William Irwin Thompson that I could never get to. And it's, I like that uh, Dick Dobbs talked about that because William Irwin Thompson, he explains the upside down. And I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people in society right now, shit is flipped upside down and i just feel like people are just looking at things different ways like the things that are ordinary or not ordinary like shit is really flipped upside down so 
Since William Aaron Thompson died, let's give a little ode to him. And can you explain what he meant by the upside down and kind of talk about the times that we're living in now in a society? Uh, William Aaron Thompson was born in 1938, and he lived 82 years, uh, died last week. Uh, he grew up in uh, Los Angeles, Irish uh, immigrant. And uh, he didn't have a very good uh, supportive educational life, but he was very smart. So he ended up getting to college, and I think he went to Cornell. And he excelled and became an early professor, and then he went to MIT. But MIT in the mid-60s was caught up in the arguments over the Vietnam War. And he did yoga. So he was a contemplative uh, private person. So he decided he didn't want to be in the noise, nothing compared to the noise of today, but what was noisy in the 60s with the new media, uh, satellites and TV and computers. He withdrew to Canada. Mm -hmm. And he uh, started teaching at York University, and he became famous for his ability to talk. He's an early rapper. He could talk ideas rapidly and jump all rapidly. over the place. So he got, got very charismatic. And then, then he decided to drop out and start a commune in the Hamptons in, outside New York City on Long Island. And so he got these uh, intellectuals. He started, tried to start a university uh, with the top minds of his day in the 70s, like Gregory Bateson. And he got books published, and he was seen as the new Marshall McLuhan for the 70s. Mm -hmm. And he had a good awareness of Marshall McLuhan. He understood media dynamics, but he decided to uh, unite religions, the ecumenical movement. He would say that yoga, deep yoga, was the ground of all religions, of all astral body. He emphasized the astral body, the yoga experience, you know, in-depth yoga. And so he said, okay, if we all agree yoga is the ground here, then we can bring together, uh, you know, the Jewish religion, the Catholic, the Protestants, the Muslim, the uh, Hindu, the Buddhist, all these religions he tried to bring together in, in an intellectual context, understanding McLuhan and media effects and how we don't need to have the old fashioned kind of concepts about religion. And he advocated that for 10 or 15 years into the 80s and early 90s. But as the chip body took over, he realized the astral body was being sidelined. Time out, time out, time out. Once again, people that are on here, when he says as the chip body took over, he's basically talking about your black phone, the black mirror, your cell phone. As soon as that came in, as soon as technology changed in, came in, Thompson switched his thoughts. Carry on, Bob. Sorry to cut you off. I just want yeah. to keep explaining. And, and Dick is right. South Hampton was where he was in the 80s. And, and anyway, in the 70s. Uh, he... Um, so he started to get weak on his purpose of uniting religions. So by 2000, he thought it was so obsolete to worry about the astral body because everybody was engaged in an extension of the astral body, which is chip body. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're able to astral project and travel all over the place, uh, you have those spiritual gifts called the astral body. 